In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And now back to our conversation with Ron Frailer. Well, now, one of the things that um, I, I know about you is that you're involved in this um, ministry to Native Americans. That's correct. That's correct. It's discipling Native Americans. I don't think we've ever had a guest on that was doing that specifically. Tell us a little bit about, uh, is it CHIEF is the acronym? Absolutely. So CHIEF is the acronym, uh, and it stands for Christian Hope Indian Eskimo Fellowship. Hmm. And it's an organization that in 2020 will celebrate its 45th year uh, in ministry. It was started by a gentleman named Tom Kloss, a a full-blooded Mohawk Indian and a fourth-generation Native American Christian, which is really a unique uh, situation because you think about Christianity, and it's been here for a long time. Obviously, you go back to the days of David Brainerd, and in his uh, his, uh, diary he wrote, he said at one point, I pray that uh, the Mohawk Indian would understand the glory of God. Wow. And actually, Tom Kloss is a Mohawk Indian. And, wow. uh, and so he started the organization with the help of the Billy Graham organization uh, about 45 years ago. Uh, Tom has gone to be with the Lord, but his son Huron is now the president. And uh, so I work as their development director. Uh, they're based hmm. out of Phoenix, Arizona. And now I'm uh, looking at you, and I don't see a lot of Indian blood there. That's absolutely right. That's okay. absolutely right. So uh, <laughs> actually, I've been on their board for uh, about the past 10 years. The oh. board is made up of 60% Native American and 40% non-Native. Okay. So um, I was one of the non-Native members of the board. And then I'm in the area of, obviously, uh, d- uh, donor development as as well as some of the other areas. But uh, so Huron is really the uh, the lead uh, for that. And uh, so... So it's the challenge that you have with Native Americans, which is so difficult, is because, you know, we kind of group them all in one large group. We say Native Americans, but actually there are, um, there's 573 different tribes in the United States alone. Wow. And that's, we're talking about radically different traditions. So it's not like they're all the same. They're very, very, in fact, Huron uses the expression that, um, the, diff- the tribe's differences are similar to the differences between Chinese and German. So it's a completely <laughs> different change. It's not like maybe Italians and French, whereas there might be some languages that are the yeah. same, but it's a completely different change. And so ministering to those different tribes is not as simple as people might think. Yeah, I'm guessing, for some reason, I'm thinking that you, they need to be Native American to be able to minister to Native Americans. Is that true? That's absolutely true. Um, I think the the biggest challenge that you have uh, with Native Americans is because of some of the history that you know about uh, what's happened in the United States and even up in Canada, that uh, the trust for the non-Native is, has been a challenging one. And so mm-hmm. what chief the chief organization does is it looks to identify that Native American Christian and then help support them, uh, whether it be through our Schools Without Walls, which helps them for, from a biblical standpoint to, to get some additional uh, education, a scriptural education, or providing them with uh, a Bible that uh, has... Um, uh, that you uniquely put together to, to help Native Americans, um, and we help to identify and grow up those um, those Christians within those different tribes to let them go back to their tribes and minister to them. And so it's a uh, it's very unique because the the um, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been shared, shared with Native Americans till you know back in the days of David Brainerd. So you're talking you know 16, 1700s. And there's only 
of the 6.7 million Native Americans in the U.S., about 3 to 5% are Christians. How about that? You guys are changing that, though. We're definitely, uh, with the help of Jesus Christ and, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, uh, we're, we're looking to make that change, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at, at the, at the minish, mission and the ministry goals and the evangelism. If somebody wanted to read up more about this uh, native, ministry to Native Americans, uh, where would you recommend they it's go? It's the easiest place to go. It's really easy, chief.org. So if you can spell chief and then .org, you can get right onto our website (laughs) and you can learn all about it. And uh, there's even ways uh, if they want to get involved in some other form or fashion, or even if churches are looking to uh, be involved in, uh, you know, maybe a mission trip on, uh, uh, you know, for their youth groups or something along those lines, it's, uh, it's, you know, they can get some information from that as well. But chief.org is the easiest way to, to get in touch. Wow, that is very interesting. Um, how, what have you found? Um, it, it looks like here on the mission is the ministry goals, excuse me, are discipleship, evangelism, and helps ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see those as unique in the, inside of this ministry? Discipleship, evangelism, and helps. Well, I think the unique thing is, again, you're talking about Native Americans. And, um, you know, it's, we, again, we, we just assume that everybody's the same in a sense, especially since. Native Americans are the first Americans, and they've mm-hmm. been here for that many years. But um, in all of Native American languages, there's there's usually not a word for sin. Really? So ergo, there's not a word for repentance. So now take the word sin and repentance out of your language for trying to lead someone to Christ and tell me <laughs> how you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a big challenge. And even well-intentioned churches that will come to maybe some of these reservations to share their vacation Bible school curriculum, you know, they're probably using very standard types of things where they (laughs) talk about sin and repentance and that type of thing. So how do you lead a Native American to to Christ when they don't understand what that language would mean, what even how that would work? Well, what's really critically important to a Native American is their relationship. If you break a relationship then mm. that's something that's very disappointing and disturbing to them. So what you do is you still have the same message of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But what you say is you have to say, which will make them understand it so much better, you say, well, when God first created Adam and Eve, he had a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then Adam and Eve broke that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then God provided a lot of um, ceremonies and rules and uh, laws that they were supposed to follow to get their relationship back, but they didn't follow them anymore, or they didn't follow them as well as they should have, just like we as Native Americans don't follow the traditions of our fathers like we should have. Hmm. And so what happened was God sent Jesus Christ, his son, to put that relationship back together. And so through accepting him, we can build our relationship back with God. So when you're sharing it in that type of language to right. back to them, you're still delivering the gospel message to them, mm-hmm. but you're delivering it in a way that they can accept it and understand it. Because the one thing that Huron's always said is you never find an atheist Native American. They always believe in whether it's th- that there's a God out there somewhere. And so they want that relationship through the traditions that they have. So what we need to do is share the tradition and actually the truth of Jesus Christ, and that's how they get their relationship with God. How about that? So it's a wonderful thing, but if you don't understand those nuances, you're sharing the gospel as a non-native, and it's not resonating with them. Wow. That is so insightful. I, I never, I've never heard that in my whole life. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, interesting. And so um, evangelism, when it comes to discipleship, are there uh, things put into place there on the reservations or with local ministries or churches that minister to these different tribes? Are there some tribes that are receiving the gospel better than other tribes? Yes, so there is there is that. And one of the things that Chief does have is we have a discipleship center on our facility there in, in uh, Phoenix. And oh, okay. so we invite um, Native Americans in for um, actual discipleship times. And wow. uh, and then there's another, and I, I don't have the card with me, but I believe it's in July of 2020. I don't have the actual dates on it, but we're putting together a, um, a Native American conference uh, that'll be that'll take place, and I believe it's in Phoenix. And I apologize if Huron's listening to this; he's going to say I should have had this on the tip of my tongue, but I don't have the document with me right now. Well, they but can it's, go to Chief. They go to Chief or, and yeah. find out about it. But what we're doing is uh, Huron has reached out to the Quechua Indians, which is the largest tribe in South America, and in reaching out to them, they've said what could be done if the North American and South American Native American Native Christians could get together. What could that look like? And so we're having this Native American conference that will also reach into South America as well that's going to be in July of 2020 and trying to combine North American and South American Native Christians together to see how they work together, how we could help explode the gospel. Uh, Billy Graham said years ago, and I'm going to get the quote a little bit wrong in, in some form or fashion, so it's a little bit of editorialized here, but he said that he believed that the Native American could be a um, is it was a sleeping giant, and that as they converted to Christianity, they could be key to helping a massive revival even in the United States. And so, um, you know, that's a great a quote, um, at which I misquoted yeah. slightly by Billy Graham, but the intention was it's so important that um, the gospel of Jesus Christ penetrate. Um, these people. And uh, so that's what Chief is is trying to do, and that's what Chief has been doing for the last 45 years, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. I can tell. I mean, I'm excited to hear all about it. Well, I'm certainly praying for that conference that it goes well. Um, yeah, how would you want um, how would you want these listeners to be praying for for you specifically uh, in your own disciple-making efforts, and then, of course, what you're doing with, with Chief? Um, well, I think the for you know, for actually, uh, and Joe does this, so he's already joined into it. I asked Joe and Kevin. Joe's a guy sitting in the sitting corner in the corner here, here yeah, yeah. That, we, that we referenced earlier. We didn't give him a mic. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but uh, I, when I first started this um, this prayer group on uh, Saturday mornings, I reached out to both Joe and Kevin, and I said, "Guys, I'm going to be starting this. I know you, Kevin. You live in Florida. Joe, you live in Atlanta. But would you guys pray for our group that meets yeah. on Saturday mornings?" And so I would just ask the listeners to be praying for that group that meets on Saturday mornings. You know, yeah. it's only seven guys, but uh, if I remember correctly, Jesus started with 12. That's right. So, um, you know, what could we do uh, uh, as part of that? Um, my brother-in-law lives in uh, Chattanooga, and uh, they have City Reach 2020 that's coming up uh, in 2020, which is about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to Chattanooga. So we as a group on Saturday morning are praying for that opportunity. Wow. And so I think this is what how all this connection ha- mm-hmm. comes you know, whether we're praying for Joe's daughter or we're praying for Chattanooga or we're praying for Chief Ministries, as we as we have other people praying for us and as we're praying together as a group, these opportunities come our way. So I would just ask uh, your listeners to pray for our little prayer group at, that, that meets on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and then also when they think about as they approach the, um, the Thanksgiving time, uh, that uh, when there's probably one of the few times people think about Native Americans, that they'd pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ 
would be heard and accepted in the Native American. Mm. Uh, That's powerful. Well, I know in a, early in our conversation, um, one of the things that was a real catalyst for you was just seeing a guy pray with another guy. Yes. And it's kind of all come full circle here as to what you're doing with these guys now. There's something powerful in demonstration, isn't there? Absolutely. And it is just amazing. I think, you know, I've always said that uh, women are probably really much better at relationships. And oftentimes I say that, you know, they're three feet, three feet deep, their relationships and a and a man's relationship with another guy is, you know, maybe an inch deep or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what happens is when you're praying with another guy and you're consistently praying with right. that guy for multiple weeks over a period of time, you see that that relationship grows that much deeper. And what happens is at the beginning, they're sharing things about, you know, potentially their kids and that type of thing. And after a few weeks, they're sharing about the things that are really in their lives and in their hearts. And mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to to pray. And I think the important thing about when that happens too, is you need to make sure that you're confidential uh, Mm -hmm. so that uh, you keep it within the group because that's critically important. um, And you just pray alongside them. And, uh, you know, we have um, a a bunch of different uh, things that we think about in this prayer group. We want to make sure that we're each witnessing. We want to make sure that we're each in the scripture. We also want to embrace suffering for Christ which is a difficult thing to think about. Who wants to join a group that says, embrace suffering for Christ? But we know that those sufferings come for a reason for our sanctification. So Mm -hmm. we have that on there. And then we have expect miracles. Uh, And so I think those are kind of the four little, the four things that kind of is the cornerstone of our prayer time together. And uh, we've seen each of those um, during our times of prayer. How about, I've never heard quite those cornerstones. I like this last one, especially expect miracles. Exactly. And we've (laughs) seen some amazing miracles. We really have. And you don't get a miracle till you need one, right? Absolutely. They don't just pop up. They don't just pop up. Well, the thing I'm walking away from, and uh, if you're out there listening today, whether you're sitting in traffic or uh, waiting in a dentist office, who knows where you're at? Uh, boy, I hope you're sitting in traffic. That would be a lot more fun. Wouldn't it? <laughs> no offense to our dentist. Um, is that the two two things that seem to have affected your life more than anything is relationships and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's absolutely true. And you know, the thing is, you're not going to be able to, I think, um, have the credibility in a sense to witness to someone if you don't first have that relationship. Right. And so I think that's so critically important. Um, I think of a um, a man in um, our neighborhood who has a, a debilitating illness. And um, so there was a group of guys that said, hey, let's uh, get together with him, you know, once every six weeks and just go have a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... We started that probably six, eight months ago, and uh, and you know I didn't know where this guy's uh, faith was, but right. um, I was obviously building a relationship with him through sure. this group of other guys, and I had the great privilege of uh, taking him a couple weeks ago to an event at our church where Tim Tebow was there, oh, and that uh, was really fun, and uh, uh, you know I'm gonna have to admit that uh, I didn't follow the rules here, but uh, at the end of the uh, the time together, Tim asked us to bow our heads and close our eyes, and if mm-hmm. we accepted the Lord to to raise our hands, and I was anxious uh, to see what might happen here, so I kept uh, my right eye open, and that's, that's fair enough. I guess so. So I was half I was half following the rules, <laughs> and it was just a a great time to see my friend raise his hand to accept Christ How as a savior, that? and you know, but he would have not probably come if that would have been my first time to get yeah. together with him, right. but it was the you know, the six, eight months of having hot dogs together 
once every six weeks that, you know, hey, would you like to join me tonight? And now certainly a guy like Tim Tebrow is going to be a draw. But that being said, if you didn't have that relationship, if you hadn't encouraged him along the way, um, not only did we um, have uh, meals with him, but sometimes we take him to some of his physical therapy things and that type of thing. Those were the type of things to encourage him. And then you have the opportunity to bring him to an event like that. You have the great privilege of seeing them ushered into the kingdom. It's a great privilege. What a privilege. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming by. I mean, um, Ron, to share with us about the chief ministry and then, of course, what you're you're doing as well. I, I want to encourage you, if you're listening today, what he's telling us is so doable to just be in relationship with someone, find a relationship, or just encourage one that maybe has gotten a little bit weaker and um, and just be an encourager. Uh, apparently that has worked. <laughs> it does. It, it's it does. worked throughout Scripture. It's worked through his life. And so, if uh, Ron, what what's one thing that you would want to send our listeners off with today? One, a word of encouragement, or or um, uh, or a challenge, or what what would you say would be something that you'd want them to remember you by? Well, I think the the probably the easiest thing to do is we. You know, there's lots of books on discipleships. Um, you know, you've been sharing, I think it's Robert Coleman's uh, things recently on yeah. uh, on your podcast, and those are amazing things to follow. But, you know, sometimes uh, we'll think, well, I'll forget step seven or, you know, I'll forget. <laughs> so am I qualified to do this? Right. Well, I think the two things to remember are, are the Acts 4.13 where I talked about if you're in with Christ, you know what, they'll they'll... You're just a common person, but you know they'll know that you the, the way you speak is because you spent some time with Christ. And then mm-hmm. I'll steal something from a sermon I recently heard, and they said discipleship is care, share without flair. Oh, and wow. and so what that basically is care about the person, care about your friend that that you know, and then share share what's going on in your life. But the last little part without flair, you don't have to worry about how you're going to say it because the Holy Spirit will speak through you. So wow. I guess I'll leave you with that. Again, it's not unique to me. I, I stole it from a sermon I recently yeah, heard. He but, probably but, stole it from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> care, share without flair is a great way to remember how to, to do discipleship. It's all about Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. It's not about our process or our our the profound things we could say. It's about it's about being the hands and feet of Jesus, and you're doing that. Well, we were praying for you. Of course, we're praying for, uh, for Chief and looking forward to this conference of bringing Native Americans from North America and South America together to figure out how to evangelize the rest of the, of the world. What, a, what an incredible thing to do. Well, I want to encourage you today, uh, as Ron has challenged us to do, that if you're out there, if there's someone that the Lord has laid on your heart recently and you're just hesitant about sharing life or sharing the gospel with them, just go for it. You know, see what happens. Uh, you got, we'll be praying for you certainly to do that. And if anything today has, um, has sparked your interest and you want more, about, more knowledge about that, uh, go to chief.org and look up that ministry there, or you can go to 419disciplemakers.org. We have tons of resources there for you. It's all free, of course. Videos, uh, curriculum, all kinds of things uh, that might help you. And uh, we'd like to know your feedback. And uh, if you need to get in touch with with uh, Ron, I can certainly uh, make that happen for you as well. So be encouraged today. Uh, God has uh, created a relationship with you, and uh, that's how he's going to spread his love to the rest of the world is through the relationships that we create. So thanks for listening today, and God bless. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation 
on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast. 